Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. What is this? It's another week of the Amiibros podcast. I am one third of the incredible trio called the Amiibros. I'm your host, D-Mart here, along with my uh, stupendous, wonderful, can't think about any other adjectives to describe these two gentlemen. 85, Jeremy, how we feeling tonight on this wonderful Thursday night? Man, I'm a little how we feeling, a little, little jet Not lagged, you know, just, just got back in from Miami, had to do a little bit of work out there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you schedule Miami in January, you're in expecting my, yeah, perfect yeah. temperatures. Um, you're not expecting to have the coldest day in six years. Um, so it was uh, it was definitely <laughs> cold. I definitely was the only one in the group who brought their actual coat. And that was just for the walk back to my car in Atlanta. And I ended up wearing it the entire weekend. So, uh, you know, it was, right. it, was, it was tough weather. But, hey, man, you're in Miami. You can't complain. Hey, you know, I thought about you this week when I heard that uh, residents of Miami had to work, had to to worry about iguanas dropping out of the trees. Yep, <laughs> yep. they were frozen. Um, but they're they're an invasive species in South Florida, so that's a good time for them to get rid of it, all the iguanas, or at least you know relocate them to anywhere. We're not on the Mebros podcast. We're not for killing any animals, you know. So um, if we if it's a it's a better tactic to try to you know, once they're frozen, try to put them all in the same place and take them back to, you know, what's a, what's a better Where they environment came from. for them would be great. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, what's good, man? How you feeling? What's popping feeling, in Charlotte? Feeling good, man. Um, not too much is going on in Charlotte. It's a normal weekend. <laughs> um, but however, <laughs> Zion Williamson is popping in New Orleans. Zion Williamson, what? What a what a what a spurt he had in that fourth quarter. We'll get. To I'll that tell you later, what, man. Hey, inspirational, inspirational, right? Debut for my boy Zion, <laughs> so I'm feeling good about him. But we got a good show to get into. I'm excited about it. It's not too many games going on now. Uh, we're kind of going into the to, to the to the meat of the the NBA season, and the NFL is winding down, and the NCAA is over. So it's going to be uh, our topics might be a little a little more uh, precise. Uh, as we move forward towards the baseball season, but let's get on. Let's, let's go ahead and get into it, fellas. Uh, let's start with uh, a guy who's been in the media a lot lately. Uh, a guy who I feel like, after watching the Aaron Hernandez documentary, that he definitely shows signs of having CTE. And that gentleman would be Antonio Brown. Um, you know, like some of these situations, guys, you want to laugh at, but it's just tough to laugh when you you know a guy's in a bad place. Um, let's talk about him. You know, he, he recently separated with, with, with his agent. Um, let's start with Jeremy on this topic. What, what do you think is going on with AB and where do you see him landing? Let's say five years from now. Antonio Brown at this very moment, if he doesn't get serious help, we'll be lucky to be alive in five years. Um, he seems to be deteriorating in front of our eyes and, you know, it's, it's gotten to the point to where when ah, A.B.'s a genius, he's talked his way out of 
the Steelers and got a new contract. Ah ha! He got thirty million guaranteed or whatever he got guaranteed. Um, and then it was high. He he talked his way out, and then he got traded to the Raiders, and now he's going to be on the Patriots. He's even more of a genius. And then it turned into okay, well, maybe he's not a much, much of a genius, but okay, he still got his life together. And now people are starting to see what a lot of us have been saying for for months now. This guy is literally a loose cannon that's going off the rails. Um, at a hyperbolic speed. So um, now he's got new charges. Um, I'm not surprised by that. Um, I mean, if you look at how he was talking to his uh, the mom of his kids, with his kids there, um, you know, outrageous to begin with. So I, I don't know what – we talked about this last year, and I was bringing up some of the things he'd done over the last two years, which were things like throwing furniture off his – a high-rise balcony and almost hitting a three-year-old, or um, I mean, there's, there was a ton of instances. That stuff seems so far in the past. Like, think about all the stuff that Antonio Brown has done. He has done so much that if I talked about him calling uh, Mike Mayock a cracker at a training camp, or him having cryotherapy frostbite on his feet, that stuff seems like it was a really long time ago. And in actuality, it was like five months. Like this dude is literally going to kill himself if he doesn't calm down. I hope he gets some help, um, but it's not looking too good for him right now. Yeah, man. I, Absolutely. Jerry, what do you think about AB? Yeah, I, Sad situation. It is, man. And, and one of the things that you look at for me is I, I, I'm i one of the people that, you know, I I think there's, you know, obviously a lot of people that play football that has CTE, um, but I'm one of those people who I don't like to give people passes for just saying, oh, well, Blame all this on CTE or, you know, Aaron Hernandez, like, yes, he had CTE, but do I think that was the only reason? No, because I think there's a lot of people with CTE who don't, you know, go off and kill people for, uh, you know, spilling a drink on them. But with Antonio Brown, the thing that's the most disturbing about this is how quickly it happened. And I know we were hearing a lot of behind the scenes things or that, you know, AB wasn't this, you know, great guy that everybody was, you know, trying to, to say he was. And I get that. But in reality, like you cannot be this unhinged at life. I mean, you think about it. He's doing rap videos and performing at, at clubs, like some rap songs talking about how much money he's got. He literally, you know, he comes out one day, bashes, uh, you know, Bob Kraft and talks about he's never playing the NFL again. Then the next day comes out saying, you know, he apologized to Robert Kraft, and he's just so anxious to get back into the league. And there's so many of these things that are happening. Um, you know, there there was a point in time this this year where I really I, I looked at it as kind of like a joke of like, oh man, this is you know, look at Antonio Brown, how stupid can you be? Blah 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 blah. But I would agree. I'm at the point now where I'm concerned for his well being. And you know, there was a uh, you know. You, you look at all the stories that you see on like 30 for 30 and you kind of, there are a lot of times you, you look back at them and you, you really don't remember the impact or how crazy it was at the time. I'm listening currently to uh, a podcast on Ray Carruth and obviously growing up outside of Charlotte at that time, you know, I remember how crazy it was, but you forget a lot of the details. You forget all the things that were happening. And I think Right now is one of those moments where it almost seems surreal because it seems like every day there's something. You forget it was a first round pick. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize it was a first round round pick, or I forgot about that. Um, you know, you start you start hearing these stories about 
um, you know, all the, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know he had two, well, he had one other kid and he had another girl that got pregnant who, who he got her to have an abortion beforehand before, but the same thing with Antonio Brown. It's like every, every day, a new episode of his podcast come out, but it's not a podcast. It's just his life. And I mean, I would agree with you. He's got to get some serious help or, I mean, it, it could go downhill even further, even faster. Yeah, it's definitely a sad situation. Uh, definitely my prayers are out to Antonio Brown and his entire family. Uh, I'm just uh, hoping that uh, he's able to climb out of this and just have a productive life. And, you know, hopefully I would love to see him back in the NFL. You know, I think if, if he didn't play, it, was definitely be, it would definitely be talent wasted. Um, but let's move on to some brighter brighter topics, some, some better news. Um, Zion Williamson had his uh, NBA debut on Wednesday with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, I saw the first quarter and I, I went to sleep. It was a little late for me, but I woke up to some great news with him scoring 17 points in three minutes. Uh, so he had a pretty good debut, um, some highlights. He actually showed that he could shoot the basketball. So uh, let's let's start. Let's let's get you guys' thoughts on this. Uh, Jared, let's start with you, man. What did you think about Sion's debut? So my thought is I, I feel the same way I felt beforehand. I felt like. The Pelicans had enough talent to make the playoffs. I said that before the season, but I said I thought their problem was Alvin Gentry was not a very good head coach. I thought he was in the realm of Mike Brown's, the guys who are like, oh, yeah, he's, he's a very good assistant coach, uh, elite assistant. Um, you know, you look at him and it, it, the Scott, Scott Brooks, um, you know, even though he, he took the Thunder to the finals, but that, they had all that talent. You look at, look at him and you're like, man, he's good enough to give you glimpses but not good enough to make it sustainable. And I think that's the same thing I, I looked at yesterday. I look at it, a team where nobody was really shooting very well on the team outside of Zion. And Zion happens to get hot. You don't hardly play him any minutes. You're in the fourth quarter. I understand you're trying to do some kind of minutes restriction. But he gets hot, hits all four of his three-pointers, which I don't know if that means he's a great shooter, but it means he started his career hotter than about anybody from three. I mean, it's, I think it's a doggone shame he's already got more three-pointers made in his career than Ben Simmons. But, you know, with, with that being said, you got a lot of guys that are, are watching him play and are saying, man, this is the guy we've been waiting for. This is somebody that's going to help us to get this win and help us to victory. It's not, that, it's not like that extra minute on the court was going to give him some damage or whatnot until and he gave him a, a one-point lead and then you pull him. I, I, ultimately, I was impressed. Um, I think if he can, you know, obviously he's not going to go four for four, three pointers pretty, you know, often, but, um, I think if he can consistently hit a three pointer, even at a 35, 36% clip, I just don't, yeah, I just don't get it. And they, and he got the lead. Yep. And, and, and if he can, if he can hit that at least, a, you know, 35, 36% clip, um, I think it's going to give him the ability to be able to have the respect of defenders where they're going to keep closing out on a shot and he's going to get layups, dunks, et cetera. I mean, it makes no sense um, to be that big and that athletic. Uh, and if he has a jumper, I mean, he can be a transcendent, transcendent talent. Do I think the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs? No, I think there's too many teams that are in that, in between them. And the, you look at it and you say, all right, the, the, between them and the eighth spot, there's, you know, the Spurs right now in the eighth spot, the Grizzlies are in the ninth spot. And it, they're only a few games back, but I just think they, they – a lot of those teams, you know, the Spurs have that championship pedigree, pedigree, not necessarily of the players, but the coaches and the staff, and they have a culture built on winning. Um, I don't think that culture is there right now in, in New Orleans, and although I'm excited to watch them play and I'm going to be 
turning them on every time they're uh you know they're on TV. Have you, have you seen? But have you seen these team schedules? Um, I, I haven't watched this. I, I haven't looked at their, a lot of their schedules moving forward. ESPN, uh, not ESPN. Uh, Five Thirty Eight has uh their analytics on who's likelihood to make the playoffs. They give the Pelicans a sixty-two percent chance of making the playoffs this year. Uh, the next best team out of everybody from eight to fourteen. Um, it's the Portland Trailblazers with a 21% chance. They give the Grizzlies a 2% chance to make the playoffs. They give the, the Spurs a 5% chance to make the playoffs due to how tough their schedules are down the stretch. The Pelicans are in a very, very similar position to what the Philadelphia 76ers were in two years ago, where they get to a point in the schedule after All-Star break. I think they play three teams after All-Star break that currently have a winning record. They literally have, like, the last month and a half of the season against a whole bunch of teams with losing records. So um, I think they'll be able to take off, continue to win. They're already playing well. Um, I think your criticisms of um, Alvin Gentry are are a little bit unfair. First off, Alvin Gentry said in the post game, I don't know if you listened to it, he said, you guys do know I'm a basketball coach. You should know I'm smart enough to not uh, – I'm just smart enough to not just take him out without being told to. So – Somebody obviously told him, hey, you need to take Zion out. You need to put Zion in. They had a playing one into the game, and that was out of his control. So I'm not going to blame him for them taking Zion out. He said at postgame that he was told to take Zion out. Um, secondly, I was critical of how they were playing at the beginning of the season. I was. Uh, but there's been a drastic improvement from players, team, chemistry since week one, um, which I think has been phenomenal. Um, if you look at the fact that they went on a huge losing streak and the team stuck together, I think it's huge. Um, because if you lose 13 straight games at one point, there were six and 25 and I think they've won, what is it? 12 out of seven, 12 out of 18 games since then. Um, for him to keep the team together and not lose the team, I think it's huge. Um, you see some improvements from guys like, uh, Lonzo Ball's playing really well. Now you've seen, uh, Josh Hart's playing well. Um, Ingram's been playing well all season, but you've seen guys throughout the season that have improved. And so I think he, I think he's doing a good job. I, I think they're going to get in the playoffs. Um, and I think they're actually going to give the Lakers a little scare. I'm not saying they're going to win the series. I think they'll win two games against the Lakers. That's a lot to uh, come out <laughs> and say with them being, what, four and a half games back of the eighth-place spot. But we'll see. I mean, Zion maybe to be able to make a, that that kind of impact. Jerry, do you have – I see you're, you're kind of smiling and, and uh, you know, what do, what do you think about that? I think the the funny thing about Jeremy is his optimism uh, sometimes outweighs his logic. Um, when you look at the the Pelicans, I think they're they're talented, of course, uh, but like in reality, they don't have much size. Um, the Lakers have all the experience. None of their players really have made the playoffs outside of Drew Holiday um, to win two games in a playoff series. They oh, there's this guy named JJ Redick who's who's in his like thirteenth oh, season and never the I forgot JJ. JJ is uh, is on that roster, but even with JJ, uh, JJ's and Drew Holiday, none of them have been the, the top three player on a playoff team, four player maybe. Uh, so you, you got these the, the the core of the team, the best two players on the team are going to be two guys that have never played in the playoffs, and you're going to ask them to go and play versus a Lakers team that has all the experience in the world and has more talent than they do. I just I just think that's a that's a hard ask. 
Because AD, AD, AD has so much playoff experience, and Kuzma as well. AD does have a lot of playoff experience. I mean, Kentavious Caldwell Pope has played. He's made the playoffs twice. Well, he only had one season where he actually won a playoff game. Jeremy, just because um, he kept playing the Warriors, but if you, you look, look at, at uh, AD, AD as the best player on the team. Jeremy, he's made it twice. But Jeremy, AD as the best player on the team has taken a team into the playoffs, averaged 38 points per game in a series, and dominated the Trailblazers. Like the, I'm not going to blame him for losing to the – uh, freaking Warriors with KD like that. That's it. in that in that same series. In that same series, Drew Holiday averaged thirty five points per game and shut down and shut down Damian Lillard. He's on the Pelicans. Yes, that's why I said Drew Holiday is only is one of those only players that has has any experience. Like I, I think in reality, I don't care what five five thirty two says about the odds. Like could they make the playoffs? The, the 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 thought process here is yes, they can make the playoffs because they play bad teams. That doesn't mean that now you play a good team in the playoffs, you're going to win a, win a game or two games. That, that, that's silly. That, I don't see that as really being a reasonable possibility. Okay. Well, you'll see when it happens. Um, the Lakers, the old Lakers are going to come back and dominate. You know what's funny is, you know, your boy J.J. Reddick leaves L.A. and it's like somebody unswagged him. Like all of a sudden he looked like when he was playing for the Lakers, he, you know, spiked hair, you know, he had the, the fresh sleeve. And now when I see him, he just doesn't seem like that same guy that was playing in LA. I'm like, who is this JJ Reddy guy? He's a little over. He's a little overweight. You mean Clipper with the Clippers? His hair's not gelled. I'm like, what? What? The? With, with the Clippers? I'm sorry, not with the Lakers. With the yeah. Clippers. Somebody like unswag JJ. He looks like he's back I at know. Duke again. I, I, I don't think so. I think he still looks the same. He looks. He looks. I think he looks the same as he was in uh, LA. I, I, no, I think what happened not. is definitely he got not. back into his Duke zone because he got he got to the Pelicans and they have. Him and they have Jalil Okafor and they have Zion and they have Brandon Ingram and they have what's the other guy Frank uh, Jackson. They're talented, like they and should they have, make the playoffs. But those are all Duke guys. Yeah, like they, they definitely should yeah, make the Frank playoffs. Frank Jackson and them, you know, and they got say, Trajan Langdon at the general Young manager. Is old school Trajan Langdon, the best shooter in the history of Duke. Trajan. Langdon. So uh, I mean, he got around his Duke people, and and uh, you know, Duke people are just known for being cornballs. <laughs> Nah, JJ JJ Ray is definitely the best shooter in Duke history. Uh, or yeah. Trajan, yeah, Langdon might be, or Shane Battier. Uh, I tell uh, you, what, do, do people know him being cornballs? So you know, if, if that was the case, then you know, uh, your boy probably would have gone to Duke with his uh, chalk tossing uh, and, and Dwight Howard taking their fake pictures. Um, hey, he definitely would. I gone shall to Duke. digress. We'll yeah. beat them in the playoffs. He definitely would have gone to Duke. <laughs> So speaking of LA, let's start talking about uh, Jared's Lakers. So with them having AD and it's been some trade rumors out there that he might leave, uh, I don't know why he brings that on himself because obviously that's internal um, and that's something that they want leaked. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But would you guys consider the Lakers a bust if they do not win the chip this year? Let's start with Jeremy on this topic and we'll get we'll get to Jared here's uh, here's thoughts on this. I know they're going to be interesting. Yes. If the Lakers don't win a title this year, this year has been an abject failure. Their trade to get Anthony Davis would be even worse than this season. It would be a colossal failure of epic magnitude. First off, first off, I just want to go through um, quickly how they ended up in this position. Magic Johnson, somehow, I didn't think it was possible, was a worse basketball executive than Michael Jordan. Um, Magic Johnson, in the time he got in, first thing he did, he traded Lou Williams 
for Corey Brewer. Um, then he decided to trade um, D'Angelo Russell for Brook Lopez and and a, and a first round pick. Then he takes that for our, the or then he drives Lonzo Ball, even though all the people internally told him that, that he should draft uh, Donovan Mitchell. He drafted Lonzo Ball anyway. He drafted Kyle Kuzma. Um, he traded all of the young talent away except for Kuzma, who was probably the person you should have traded away. Um, what else he did? He he traded uh, um, he traded for Muscala. He got got rid of uh, Zubac. Um, I mean, over his term, he's he's probably gonna have let three, four uh, all stars out of out of the building. Like, I mean, if you really think about it. Uh, I, I know, I know. Uh, Lou Williams is an All Star, but he's All Star caliber. He let probably three or four All Stars walk out of the building, and the reason why this trade would be an absolute failure is because they gave up a young Kevin Durant to get Anthony Davis a year early. Oh, Not only that, they gave up Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, so two solid role players with an elite talent, and uh, the number four overall pick, which the Pelicans took, turned into the eighth overall pick, and the, and the I think it was 20th overall pick, which they got Jackson Hayes, who's going to be a really good player, and um, Nikhil Alexander, who is also going to be a really good player. So if you look and see, they pretty much got Herschel Walkered. The, the, the Lakers are in the Vikings position. They gave up way too much. They gave it to a team – that, that wasn't ready to win yet, and they said, oh, man, you know what? We'll give you that, and we'll take all this talent back. And then they got a generational talent in Zion. In two years, not next year, but the year afterward, they will be unequivocally the best team, the best duo in basketball. Um, and I would say next year they will be in the hunt, maybe top five um, with um, Kyrie, KD, uh, LeBron, AD, um, Steph, Clay. Uh, Harden and well, no, they'll be better than Harden and Russ. Um, it might be a Kawhi and Paul George. That's about it. So, um, overall, uh, they completely messed this up. If you don't win a title this year, you could have got K. Um, you could have got eighty next year. I know. I know the talk is well. What if he's wanted to sign with someone else? Hey, at the end of the day, your job is to recruit players. You're in the best situation with the best team in the best city, and if you can't recruit one of the 45 free agents that's available, then you're you're worthless. You don't need to be a GM. At the end of the day, if you look at you're not even just judging this off of, hey, are the Lakers better with AD than they are with the young players on the Lakers? Because that's not the argument. The argument is would the Lakers be better if they kept all the young players and signed Jimmy Butler or signed Kevin Durant or signed Kyrie Irving or signed someone else, at the end of the day, that money is not being used if you don't trade for Anthony Davis. And you would have a better chance of bringing in other talent and maybe you're able to get somebody who's better than 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 Rondo and and, and a bunch of guys you had to take risk on um, in, in, the, in the free agent market. And you're not having to overpay for a guy like uh, Danny Green. So, um I'll I'll turn it over to you, Jared. This is it's an ab- absolute failure if they don't win. First and foremost, this is the most silly, ludicrous argument we've had to discuss on the show. Let me go through a couple things. One, if that's the case, ah. then we also have to make the case that if the Clippers don't win a title this year, their trade was an abject failure. You know why? Because they traded more than the Lakers traded away. We, no. you know what? Let me finish. They traded more than the Lakers 
They traded to get Paul they, George. Correct. Yes. Could they have gotten Paul George at the end of the season? Had, had they not traded for him? They, no, because he had three years left on his contract, so it's completely. So here's different. the thing, though. So then your argument has to be: Well, if Anthony Davis because you, you said, well, what the argument is not whether they they're better with Anthony Davis or not. You said the argument is: Could you have signed a Jimmy Butler, somebody else, and kept those players? The answer is yes. So the exact same yep. argument you're making. Next thing I would say is: You're you're you can't because you couldn't have signed you couldn't have signed Kawhi. Because what? Kawhi was only willing to sign if they signed Paul George, or they that was after Jimmy Butler didn't sign with him. That's the thing. So as as we talked about, you you mentioned oh, oh how bad Magic was. Magic was not bad as a GM. Let me tell you why. So you're forgetting, and 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 this this tends to happen with a lot of people is they forget who took over a situation and what was it like when they took the situation over. Everybody that trashes Marvin Lewis as a head coach and says, oh, look, they were in winning playoff games, forgets how bad the Bengals were before before Marvin Lewis got there. Making the playoffs seven or eight times in 14, 15 years, whatever it was, that's an, an extreme accomplishment. I would love to have him as our coach for the Houston Texans. above Bill O'Brien, so I think he's a really good coach. Same way with Magic Johnson. You know what happened before Magic Johnson got there? They had Jim Buss making these dumb decisions, signing Luol Ding to a $75 million deal, signing Timofey Mozgov to a $75 million deal. So when you say, oh, yeah, well, they traded D'Angelo Russell and they traded to get Brooke Lopez in a first rounder, they traded D'Angelo Russell and Timofey Mozgov's $75 million contract to, to clear space for a free agent like LeBron. They traded away, and, and, and also they traded D'Angelo Russell because he had snitched on Nick Young, so nobody in the locker room trusted him. So they traded him for reasons that had to do outside of just basketball. Next, the, you, you look at, okay, well, they, they traded trade Lou Williams. They traded Lou Williams was a dumb decision. I'm not telling you all his decisions were, were good. What I'm telling you is, is if you look at, at when he took over, there was no credible path to a title within five years. They have a credible path to a title. Within the next year or two, I think they're going to win it this year. But I think in reality, what you have to do as a as a team is look at it and say, all right, what gives our team, our organization, the best opportunity to win a championship? Because there, nothing's guaranteed. You know, Anthony Davis could could tear his Achilles tomorrow. You know, God forbid, or a LeBron James could pull a growing like he did last year, and you, you never know. So at the end of the day, you know, you look at the Warriors. The Warriors, oh, they're never going to be stopped. And then all of a sudden, two bad nights. Your whole team is is done. You know, Clay Clay gets hurt, stuff gets hurt, and now you know you you're, you're running around there with, with G leaguers. So all I'm going to say is this: the reason why I think it's laughable is one, the Lakers have to win a title before this core is done. Nobody, Anthony Davis isn't leaving. Brian Windhorst talked about it. Anthony Davis and us have an under the table agreement that he's signing for a five year, two hundred plus million dollar deal uh, at the end of the season. The only reason he hasn't signed it yet is because of the fact that if he can't sign for the maximum amount that he could sign for. At the end of the season, Anthony Davis is not leaving. Now, if Anthony Davis was to surprise everybody and leave, yes, the trade would be an abject failure. That's not going to happen. Secondly, when you say overpaying for Danny Green, I don't think hey, that's overpaying. Hey, we, we, we might, we might going to put y'all out y'all misery in the first round, and then you, you know Goodwill is going to lose to the Pelicans. Uh, yeah, right. Hey, next, the, when you look at the, the oh, well, you got rid of Lonzo and you got rid of Josh Hart, who are solid role players. The thing is, they're solid role players with no playoff experience. And you know what that gets you? Nowhere. So th- th- let, me, let me say one last thing, and, and then I'll let Jeremy, if you want to ju- jump in and kind of wrap this up a little bit. But 
Here, here's the dilemma that LeBron James was put into by the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the best way to, to, to build a championship contender is naturally and organically to build a team with young draft picks. It's what Golden State did. It's what the Bulls did back in the day. It's what the Lakers were able to do with Shaq and Kobe, even though they didn't draft Shaq. They had built a young core, and then they were able to trade that young core for, for solid veteran uh, all-star caliber players. The problem is LeBron, when he, his, first ten, uh, his first stint with Cleveland, they went seven years without giving him a quality draft pick. Their best player they drafted in his first seven years was J.J. Hickson, who was out of the league four years after LeBron left. Uh, so what it, what it ended up doing was he was in a, a win-now mode, and because he was in a win-now mode, you can't win now with young, developing players. So it forced him in Miami to get a team that's filled with veteran players, the Ray Allens, the Rashard Lewises, all the, the older players who get old, older extremely fast. So those teams break up quickly. It happened while he was in Miami. It happened when he went back to Cleveland, when Mike Miller retires and as Richard Jefferson and all the older guys. And it's going to happen to an extent in L.A. The good thing about in L.A. is he's got young enough talent around him that are still good that they will still have a core after Le- LeBron ages out. Anthony Davis is still 26. Cal Kuzma is, uh, is still 23, I believe it is. They still have some young talent on the team. So when it comes to the role players they let go, what was Brandon Ingram a loss? Yeah, but Brandon Ingram, as great as Brandon Ingram is, he's not Anthony Davis. And we, you know, as much as you can say, well, what happens if Anthony Davis leaves? You he's going to have a better make, career than Anthony Davis. No, he's not. And you can also make the argument, what happens if his blood clots come back? Because, you know, I, I, God forbid, we hope that doesn't happen. But if that's the case, he could be out of the league in a couple of years, the same way it happened to Chris Bosh. So I think they traded him because not only uh, – I don't think it was a great fit with LeBron. Completely different. There, there were there were health concerns involving all three of the players they traded. First off, the the blood clot issue was was completely different. Um, Brandon Ingram's blood clots were caught where it was a was a clot that was underneath his shoulder, and it's one that comes from repetitive motion with uh, with a particular joint to where you pretty much get a clot underneath it. Um, if untreated, it turns into what. Chris Bosch got. So it's it's a completely different situation. Um, Overall, the reason why LeBron didn't win in Cleveland before was clearly because LeBron was not good enough to win a title. Um, And he choked in the playoffs. If you look, like, I I get so tired of the narrative. Oh, man. Just didn't have the help before. Maybe one player won a title with a player that that was at the level of Mo Williams. as As his number two. Dirk. Dirk Nowitzki. All right, so, so let's Jason, Jason, to go. Kidd, Jason um, Kidd is on the level of, of Mo Williams. That that team, like, if you're going to compare, thirty six year old Jason Kidd. Yes, thirty six year old, thirty six year old Jason 30, Kidd was on the level of Mo Williams. Jason Kidd. The next year, he went to the Knicks and, and won. 53 he was, was thirty six. Jerry, he was thirty six. He averaged ten and eight that year. Yes, he was on the level of Mo. Williams. No, no, it was. And and you, you're still forgetting Tyson Chandler was an was an All NBA player and Defensive Player of the Year that was on that roster. He was better than Mo Williams. Jason Terry was still better than Mo Williams. Jerry, they won sixty six games. At a certain point, you, they didn't win sixty six games because they didn't have talent. Jerry, but, but At the end of the day, you look at the year they went to the the year the year they went to the the finals. Everybody brings up LeBron's game where he scored twenty five straight points. He had an awesome game. Game one. They lost by three points. LeBron had nine points in the game. Game two, they lost by three points. LeBron had 19. So they, they were, like, 
they were playing close games regardless of the, they they held teams to forty two percent shooting that season. Like they had a good it defense did. all through the entire, his entire time. They were they were pretty much what the Bucks are right now with Giannis. That's what that that's yeah, what LeBron was playing with his, LeBron his last three seasons. Was good enough to win a title in his first title run. He was twenty two years old. Clearly, he wasn't good enough at twenty two to win a title. But when Le, that was that wasn't he wasn't good enough at twenty six. You know, that's why no, he lost. He lost because when he played the Celtics, four of the best five players on the team played for the Celtics. When he played the Magic, four of the best five players on the team played for the Magic. There, and you can say, oh, they won 60 something games. When he played the Mavericks, three of the top four players played on the they Heat. They did. Weapon. The difference is, and, and I would agree with that, and not necessarily in the series, but yes, out of those players, three of, the, three of the top four. But if you looked at that roster, seven of the top ten played for the Mavs. So, like, there, there's... Like the, when Jared, you look it's not at the, true. You're you making team, excuses for these no, players. So here's the thing. We look at this Mavericks team. Either we're going to say, okay, LeBron just was bad that year. I mean, I thought LeBron didn't play well there. But what are we going to say about Kobe who got swept by that, that Mavs team? What are we going to say about the Thunder team who got beaten five by that Mavs Kobe team? Kobe was no longer that. That, that was the year after Kobe won a title. Kobe was still Kobe. The Mavs team was good. Jerry, at the end of the day, Kobe didn't didn't win a like, like he was in his fourth straight. Uh, he'd been in the finals like, the previous three seasons before. Like that team was getting older, and at the end of the day, they didn't play well. I got to be honest. I thought that that entire reason why that team lost the entire season they were playing. Hey, we've got a switch we can hit, and then they got some playoffs, and they, the switch wasn't there. So I I didn't think that Mavericks team was great. I thought the Lakers played terrible, and I thought Phil Jackson literally did his worst coaching job of all time. What I'm, what I'll tell you is this. LeBron is not a leader because a leader doesn't need all veteran players in order to lead. Because if they're veteran players, they know what they should be doing. Like I look at Kobe, who they gave him Trevor Ariza, who's averaging four points per game in his fourth season, playing with the Knicks and playing with the uh, the Orlando Magic. They gave him the Kobe the very first year he was put in the starting lineup. They went to the finals, then they won a title. I never heard anybody say who who are they going to trade for. I never heard anybody say who who are they going to go get. Jeremy yeah, Kobe was LeBron. the one at that point. They got Kyle Kuzma. Kobe said, "I don't want to be on this team." When they got they got Trevor Reza. He said, "Trade me." Am I not? Am I tripping? That was that was the year before. It was 2007 season. No, yeah, you're definitely tripping because that was, that was a year that and a half was, before. That was the summer before anyway, the 2007 season. He got there the this 2007 2008 season. Like when Trevor Reza got there mid mid no. He, no, no, no. It was he got there in the in the middle, yeah, midway through the 2007 2008 season. Right. That was the the, the summer before. Jared, I, Jared, he my, said trade me. Jared, my, my my point is not about Kobe. My point is not about Kobe. My point is the media never said go get Kobe help. The media never said let's look at everybody on this roster and see who we could trade for to get a superstar. The media never said, hey, Kyle Kuzma, who averaged 18 points per game last year as a 23 year old, he's not good enough to be your sixth man. They need to go get. Zach Randolph or, or Zach, Zach Levine or whoever they're going to go get. There's always this narrative that LeBron needs more, and yet there's this narrative that he makes everybody better. It can't be both. Like, at the end of the day, when was who you got? I'm so tired your, of seeing him narrative. get that's not your, superstar after superstar after superstar. Jared, it is a narrative. Jared, answer this question. You said you said you can win with young talent. Look at that, those Lakers teams. Trevor Ariza was young. Nobody else on that roster was young. Nobody else in that roster was young. You looked at that team. It was Kobe who was in his Shan, 30s. Shan, Shannon was, Brown wasn't young? Shan, no, Shannon Brown played four years at Michigan State and, was in, league, and was in the league three years before then. He was 25, at minimum 26. Yeah, no, he was 25. 
So he's, he's 25. And Shannon yeah, Brown wasn't Shannon a, Brown key, for, a key piece of that. That, that. Their main people on that team were Kobe. It was. Sasha Vujicic was wasn't? Who was a starter? Was Sasha Vujicic? Sasha Vujicic had played overseas for for a decade on, on European teams. Like they were there. Yeah, Sasha Vujicic was like twenty one. Can be young. Jeremy, what I'll what I'll tell you is this: if you want to compare what what Kobe and those did in those teams, Trevor Ariza was a, an extreme talent they found out of the out of the bad organizations who didn't coach him right. Trevor Ariza, when he came out of high school, was the number two prospect in the country. And when we talk about like, oh, and he, he was the, the, the number two prospect behind LeBron. So that's not act like Trevor Ariza was this like bum. He just wasn't coached correctly. He wasn't utilized correctly. And I, and I, I put a lot of that on Phil Jackson. But with, with that being said, winning a title has to do with what well, 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 you Before you put it on Phil Jackson, who, who did Trevor Ariza say was the, what, what did, who did Trevor Ariza say was the biggest reason for his improvement? I, I couldn't tell you. He said working with Kobe. Still working okay, with Kobe. And by the way, Shannon Brown was twenty was twenty three years old. So here, here's what I will tell you. All right, Jerry. guys, let's bring this back oh, in. Uh, one, one last really thoughts, Jerry. Real, real quick, Jeremy, how how did Kobe look with a young team the years before? He had Kwame Brown. He had a young Karan Butler who turned into an all star. He had uh, Smush Parker. He had Luke Walton. He had Jerry, young players. How how did that team go? Smush. Jared Smush Parker was in the was in the G League the very next year after being a starter on the Lakers. Uh, everybody, no, Kwame Brown was traded after being number one overall pick there. because he was an obvious bust. Like you're you're talking about people who had no you're talking about people who had literally you're talking about people who had literally no talent compared to like the the barrage of number one overall picks that LeBron was playing with. That everybody said, oh well, he was injured. Well, this is the last point I make, Damon. Answer this for me. Yes. Every LeBron fan and every media person says, well, LeBron wasn't the same after the injury last year, so we're not going to count that against him. Did anybody say Steph Curry wasn't the same after his injury in 2016, so we're not going to count them losing that, losing that title to LeBron? We're not we're going to take credit away? No, they said LeBron beat a 73-win team and didn't say anything about the injury. And then, as a matter of fact, Jarrett was the one that came and said, well, he didn't have surgery at the end of the year, so it must not have been that bad. I did not see LeBron have surgery in the summer. LeBron was 100% healthy and missed the playoffs. Jeremy, Steph Curry relies very little on his athleticism. Yeah, I saw it he, on both ends. I he saw, can't uh, actually dunk. I saw people giving flack to LeBron, Aaron, and flack to Steph. So, I mean, literally, if you, if you really want to talk, if you want to really talk about it, Steph, Steph it can have the most terrible game, the most terrible stretches of games, and still people give him the benefit of the doubt. Same with, Le, same with LeBron. I, I don't – I don't see anything wrong with it. They both have. I mean, nobody's going to be perfect all the time. Nobody's going to have great games every night they go out on the floor. Uh, so, I mean, and injuries happen. These guys play, you know, 40 nights, uh, 40 minutes a night minimum over 70 plus games. You know, um, I mean, it's, it's bound to happen. Uh, but let's move on. Let's talk about uh, your picks from last week. Uh, let's start with Jared, man. Where'd you where'd you end up? And uh, we'll move into Jeremy to see where we uh, where we kind of wrapping the season up towards. Well, 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 I told y'all last week was going to be one of the easiest picks when it came down to it. And I was, I, you know, I had to toot my own horn. Uh, but, but, you know, sometimes you're just so accurate. You just, I, first off, I didn't even bet on the, the podcast, the 49ers game. But I told you guys, I said, I thought the score was going to be 49ers 38, Packers 21. I was wrong. It was 37 to 20. I was off by one point on each score. So 
And I had hey, I hey, Jared, Jared, tell, 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 tell the people at home who you actually bet on, though. I bet on both teams. I started off. I started to second guess myself, which I've done before. I sat there and I was like, man. I, so here's, here's what got me. I watched a video where Aaron Rodgers told Jimmy Garoppolo at the middle of the field, at the end of the game one, he says, he's, the guy, uh, they were shaking hands and Aaron Rodgers looked at him and said, I'll see you, uh, he's out, I'll see you later this year and walked off. And I was like, ooh, Aaron probably been burning up by this loss all year. And I was like, eight points. Maybe they don't cover the eight. And then I watched about two possessions of the game and I was like, let me double up my bet on San Francisco to make sure I cover uh, this Green Bay bet and win more because I was right the first time. Um, so that one was correct. And then I told y'all, I said, the Chiefs, I knew they were going to cover versus the, the Titans. And I said, I thought the Titans were a, a great matchup versus the Ravens. I said, I thought for the Ravens, it was a bad matchup. I said, I, I thought that was not going to go well. I picked the Titans to win that, that's, that game straight up. But I said, they didn't have enough DBs to match up with the speed of Kansas City. And I was right. Look, everybody's been telling me now about how good Patrick Mahomes is and how, oh, man, I heard people saying he's the, the best quarterback we've ever seen. Oh, stop it. But what, we, what I can say is if you're going to give him nine seconds in the pocket and let his receivers just run around, I mean, if you're going to let Sammy Watkins get eight yards behind the DBs, he can, he can figure out a way to throw the ball to the dude who's wide open. Um I mean, how, you look at the touchdowns in the game, it was uh, – he had a rushing touchdown, which was one of the slowest rushing touchdowns I've ever seen in my life. But, you know, they rushed three, three passers, and then he, he was able to kind of wobble his way into the end zone. He has a touchdown pass where he literally just pitches the ball to Sammy Watkins, where Sammy Watkins is eight yards behind everybody else wide open. And then he throws the ball to Tyreek Hill when they decided, hey, let's put Tyreek Hill with a safety on him with no, no help behind him. So he literally throws this ball that's like a bullet pass – then literally he could have just lobbed it over top and it would have been a much easier throw. But it was impressive at the fact that he bullied it in. But either way, I picked that to happen. I'm going to tell you my pick next weekend for the or next week on the podcast for the Super Bowl. But this was a thousand dollar win, which gets me up twenty eight hundred dollars on the season, and that's through twenty weeks of football, and that secures my second straight. Victory over Jeremy in the picks for the season. Let's go. <laughs> Round of applause. Yeah, yeah, good job. Anyway, um, <laughs> pretty much we were basically, I think he had me about $100 at the end of the regular season. Postseason, it's been kind of rough with the Saints losing. So I pretty much put almost all my money on the Saints. Um, so I picked the Titans this in this game almost purely – to try to tie it up with Jared. I needed some momentum, um, and I thought they had a good chance. And they did have a good chance, and they would have easily covered had um, they played the way they've been playing the entire playoffs. Um, they ran the ball 16 times in the first quarter, or in the first half. What happened? They were unfortunate to be down by three points. They ran the ball three times in the second half, and what happened? They got ran out of the building. Like they, And even in the first half, they would have dominated that game if they just kept handing the ball to Derrick Henry. At the end of the day, on second and six, what's going to give you your best chance of getting the first down? Throwing the ball with freaking Ryan Tannehill or running the ball with with um, with uh, Derrick Henry and getting to third and two. Like at the end of the day, I thought they called a terrible game. I thought their defensive scheme was maybe the dumbest I've ever seen in my life. Um, and I thought they played that game in a way 
that literally would have lost to the Dolphins for sure, maybe even the the Bengals. So um, I think it's more of an indictment against the AFC because I don't think that the the uh, the Chiefs really had to play anybody in the whole playoffs. Like, no offense to the Texans. Uh, do I trust the Texans defense? No. Do I trust their play calling? No. They're not a great team. They're really just Deshaun Watson or Buss. Um, and then if Jeremy. you look at the Tennessee Titans, are they a great team? No, they're not a great team. We just went to Tennessee and put up 38 on them a couple weeks ago. What so, I will, what I will um, tell you is this, though. You can say the exact same thing for the 49ers having to play the Vikings and the Packers. I don't think either one of those are great teams either. I yeah, think that's just kind of the way it I happened. Don't, I don't either, but the Packers at least were 13-3. and three. Um, So, I yeah, mean, you can make their, their team. So you can make the, the record the record argument. I mean, and I mean, obviously the Ravens weren't there, so they didn't have to play the toughest team. But uh, yeah, congratulations to them getting to the Super Bowl. Um, other game, um, I bet San Francisco um, was not surprised at all. I've been telling you guys all season that the Packers were the most fraudulent team in football. Aaron Rodgers himself said he felt like they were going to win the Super Bowl because he couldn't figure out how they kept winning so many games. So he just assumed it was destiny. That's how fluky this season was for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to talking about the Super Bowl next <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about the Super Bowl next week. We'll get into the NFL. Uh, but uh, I think that's going to end it up for us uh, tonight, guys. Um, I'm personally very tired, and I'm looking forward to getting in my bed. But – Happy to get on here with you guys, and uh, I'm I'm super looking forward to uh, the Super Bowl. I I've, my early pick is the the, the Chiefs, um, and we'll we'll definitely do a deep dive uh, next week, and uh, it'll be our Super Bowl uh, kind of specialty podcast. So um, as always, always we want to thank you guys for tuning in to us another week. Uh, make sure you follow us on Me Bros underscore Podcast uh, on IG, and uh, you guys got any parting words for the listeners? I have one parting word that I want to give the listeners. I think this is extremely important. Au revoir. Goodbye, Caroline Wozniacki. She just lost her last match. She's going to retire. Uh, she's married to David Lee, the former NBA player. Um, I just want to become an agent so that whatever sport their kids decide Why to play, she's I retiring? can. She's trying to have They're kids. They're probably going to have kids and stuff. Yeah, she wants to have a family. So whatever their kids uh, play, I want to be their agent because – if your dad is a 6'10 former NBA All-Star and your mom was the number one tennis player in the world, good likelihood your genes are going to be pretty good. So, hey, look, get them on the golf course, whatever it is. I'll, I'll be the agent. Let's go. Um, my final word is we'll have a lot more to talk about than the Super Bowl next week because tomorrow night, Pelicans against the Nuggets. Sunday, Pelicans versus Celtics. Let's go. Zion continues his rise, um, and, and we see the, the takeoff of the Pelicans to win the title. Let's go. <clears throat> All right, let's do it. Uh, everybody listening, make sure you guys have a beautiful, safe week. Uh, God bless all you all, and uh, we are out. Peace.